Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The Barry and Mac Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Damian Mackey, former Sooner wide receiver and national champ off of the 2000 team. We are officially partnered with Blue Wire Podcasts, so make sure to go give all of the podcasts on their platform a listen. Ton of variety, ton of cool shows. Go check them out and go to Sooners360.com, looking at the OU program from every possible angle, covering football, recruiting, X's and O's, game breakdown, performance analysis, talking about the strength training, talking about you know the inside dynamics of the program. Absolutely something that you want to be on. A lot of familiar faces from the OU community are over there, so go check it out. Also, leave us a rating and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on social. Twitter is at Barry and Mac SHW. Damien's is at D underscore Mac 13. And you can find me at B Wise Fitness at the letter B W I S E Fitness. Instagram, basically the same thing at the Barry and Mac Show. Damien's is at Dame That Dude. And you can find me again at letter B W I S E Fitness. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. I, oh, I got a stat for you. 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 I got a did you know for you. You ready? Go. You ready? You ready? Go. College football season 2022. Who is the leading yards per carry player in college football? Great question. Is it Bijan? No. Mm. Who else is around? Kid and UCLA Not is dudes. killing it. There's a, there's yeah, a couple Mich- guys in uh, Michigan. There's has a couple. One. Michigan has a guy killing it. There's a couple guys at uh, Ohio State killing it. Yeah. Who's number one yards? William. College football. Mm. You think it's Williams? At Ohio, Ohio State? I'll give Ohio- you a hint. It's not him. I'll give really? you a hint. It's not him. Mm. Who you want a hint? Out there. Yeah, give me a hint. Here's a hint. You ready? Go. He wears crimson and cream with an interlocked OU in his helmet. Is it Eric Gray? Eric Gray's number one in college football, bro. Wow. What what number is he at? Seven. Well, averaging 7.2 yards a carry. Holy cow. For the season. He, man, he's had he had a nice start to the year. And the, these past few games, Nebraska was obviously a good game for him. But these past few, he has really come on strong. And he took care of Kansas. He did to Kansas what OU fans expected him to do. Well, I mean, when he got here, well, when he arrived on campus, that was the type of stuff, the type of explosive plays where there's a holding call, you back him up 10 yards, and then he goes for another score. Like th- that is so with this team, it's like you're seeing some of that tenacity, the, the necessary grit in spots. You're just not seeing it consistently. And with continuity, right? And I and, think that mm-hmm. comes with a year of, uh, you know, because there are games where um, our tackles are, are are playing winning football, but guard, center guard, they're not. There are games where, uh, you know, the right side of the line, early half of the season, the right side of the line is where we're running the football a ton. 
now it's the left side of the line we're running the football a ton you know so it, you know it's just interesting to see how a lot of these guys you can you it just you know you don't make excuses but you gotta there you've gotta have some latitude for um individuals gaining comfort i i, I just think about it in learning algebra right most people say they struggle with math and how difficult was algebra even for me and i by the way i'm a math guy so how difficult was algebra for me when i was learning how to do the actual algorithms versus how simple it was when i had 100 confidence that the algorithms that i knew was going to give me the right answer like math is a math is a is a crazy um continuity in that you kind of know your answers right when you know the math you know what i mean like there isn't mm. any guessing you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so when you know fact families or when you know Pythagorean theorem or whatever, whatever, the distance formula, you can actually plug your answer back in and then it all makes sense. It all lines up. So I think there's something to be said about guys learning new schemes, both sides of the ball and thinking. And I don't like making excuses because, you know, we, we got some guys out there that are just soft and hey, bro, I don't care what the excuse is, you soft. But that's a that's an aspect of the game where even in my in my own personal experience you know running h flip 96z post 99 all i was trying to do to get was get to my spot 2000 i knew what coverage they were in i knew where the hole would potentially be i knew the personnel groupings much better i knew my personnel groups i knew how kurt ran a post versus how savo ran a post i knew how jay norm would push the five yard speed out versus you know how you know, uh, J-Mac would push the five-yard speed out, which would tell me the, how big my window would be versus man or versus I'm like, I knew I could, in a snap, I already knew. And and that's going to make a huge or pay a big dividend for us next season, assuming everything stays consistent. The coaches come back, the guys come back. Here's the deal. Like We talked about this, I think, last week, Beast. I think we talked about this, B-Dub, but uh, what does the defense look like if we've got Bonita on the weak side, IT on the strong side, Perion, you know, at the three and and BA at the Willie. <laughs> I mean, are we potentially six and oh at that point? You know, what I I'm think saying? you're with a one loss team at worst. At the, at the most, right? Like even with DG hurt, I think that defense is one where we put enough. By the way, I think we beat Texas bar none simply because you were just never comfortable in the pocket. But Nito is a guy, by the way, if you'll watch NFL football, he's getting in the damn backfield against the pros. He's struggling against the run, which is why he doesn't play a ton. But go watch the games when he's when he's in the game. He's getting in the backfield against pro left tackles. So you 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 see those guys coming back. That's culture on why they leave. If the culture stays consistent this year, and an Eric Gray doesn't say I'm a friend's second day guy, I'm a fourth rounder. I need to, I just want the money. If a Mims again, I'm a friend's third round guy. I just want the money. If those guys come back and allow us to stack depth and allow us to have an example of leaderships for multiple years in the program. That's where it doesn't matter if an Okie State or a K-State has a ton of four-year seniors. We have better four-year seniors. We're still going to kick your ass. And so that's really what's going to weigh out these next three games. You know, people are talking about, you know, Bajan, if they lose one or two more games, he may sit out because he's got an NFL career. If they're fighting for a conference championship, the kid doesn't sit out. If they're not, especially in they piss poor culture, you talk about it's on you and say it's raining. My God, that culture is is the the only program with worse culture than them is AM. <laughs> Freaking losers. And so seeing those guys wallow pre presents an opportunity for us. The fact is, 
K-State and, 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 and Okie State are two of the better programs in the conference and in America is because they have a culture around guys sticking around and they're grown-ass men who know how to play their position. Let's talk a little bit about this A&M thing, man. Uh, we did a podcast before the season. It might have been our third episode. And it was all about nil, all about name image likeness, all about the money being thrown around in these collectives, the stuff being offered up by big donors. And A&M at the time was raking in a recruiting class and Nick Saban called it the most expensive class in the history of college football or something of that ilk, right? And we said on the podcast, um, I, I know I said something specifically about it, and we were in agreement that culture always goes before winning. And you can bring in as much talent as you want. It does not mean you will win. You, you literally see it every year in the NBA, and it makes me wonder why general managers don't ever get the hint that if you don't draft and in turn, internally grow a large percentage of your team, you don't win. It just, you go back and look at every single team that has won an NBA championship, their key cog, almost 100, no, I think it was 100% of the time, save LA the COVID year. <laughs> you know, I was about to bring it up. I'm just, I was yeah. waiting for a pause. I was like, ah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> yeah, the every Lakers. other one, every other one was homegrown, drafted, almost every single one. And LA is the only team that's ever been able to do that successfully, yeah, they but they drafted Kobe. Yeah. They drafted they Kobe. They have a history. So, also, they have a history of that. LA's been a team traditionally where they have that. That's in their quiver, right? They have that arrow in their quiver that we can go by ships, which is why a lot of people don't like, like them. And in it's college football, yeah, it, I mean, it is definitely the truth. But in college football, it's a it's a different game. You're dealing with much younger players. They're not professionals. The uh, accountability isn't necessarily the same as it is professionally with not unsimilar money in some of these situations. The, the athletes aren't as accountable to their performance as they are in the NFL, where it is in your contract. You actually have incentives to go and perform to reap the maximum proceeds, the maximum money from your contract. At AM, they have this deal where they've spent all this money. They are not getting wins. What in the heck is Jimbo Fisher doing there that is not affecting change? And in fact, the team has, I think, regressed since he's gotten there. W what internally is going on? You know, I think you are who you who you are. And I think he and I'm going to make a parallel here in a second. But I think he he kind of showed his true stripes in Florida State. I mean, you, you, you said a culture winning comes before culture and Jimbo took over for uh, Bowden in an area where Bowden had built a culture. And really, Jimbo did two things. One, he was his OC. You know, and 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 so he was a, a, a able to leverage that culture a little longer. It's kind of like the the link deal with Bob passing the torch to Link. But two, he found a transcendent player. Regardless of how you feel about Winston today or how you feel about him, you know, in terms of his moral and character in college football, he was a he was a 
all decade esque caliber player. He 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 made all the throws and he made big plays when it mattered. Go back and watch those games in those Florida State years. Kid, I mean, he just made plays. He also had a transcendent running back. Didn't hurt to have a number five in the backfield. But um, Jimbo burned down that program, and they're just now getting back to respectable. I think this is the first season they've been even respectable in like five or six years since he left, and that's all on him. Well, that same cancer has followed him to A&M, and although A&M was never at the level of uh, an FSU, they are now feeling the effect of it's the Jimbo effect, right? Jimbo is coddling talent. Not You can tell there's no accountability. You can tell different players have different standards. You can tell, right, a lot of people who may have high character and want things to be done the right way aren't feeling like it's happening, right? Just the amount of rumors and the enormity of uh, all the rumor mill coming out about guys who are going to essentially transfer, guys that are looking at the portal, guys that are reconsidering their their commitments. When you have a guy like Luis C or however, however the hell you say his name, who's like the biggest homer of all homers doing a show where he said, I got to tell you, it sounds like things are going to implode. When he the homer of all homers is 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 publicly saying that things are awry. You're in trouble, and uh, I gotta tell you, I don't think I don't think Jimbo lasts. I don't know if he lasts another season if they have a season reminiscent of this one. I don't know if he lasts another season if he leads if he loses a lot of the kids they bought the last year. Think about you're a, you're an A and M investor. We got it. They got an unlimited, untapped amount of money. I don't think anybody would question that. But I got to tell you, Barry, how pissed would you be if you came up with $10 million last year to get, you know, player A, player B and player C. And then in two years, they're winning at another program because the coach who told you if we buy in and get these kids, we're going to be a championship caliber team. Well, the coach wasn't lying in the sense of the players needed, but he was lying that he was the, you know, the the uh, ingredients needed to get them the chips. How pissed would you be? Well, we said it on the podcast. I mean, you would be definitely pissed enough that the next time you go about that, yep. you're not laying that kind of money down. Exactly. Exactly. Like, so when I look at the Jimbo, uh, we're going to call it the Jimbo effect. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see. And by the way, their schedule does them no favors. They don't have a OU schedule the second half of the season. They've got to go see Ole Miss. They've got to see LSU. I mean, they've got some games that second half of the season where there's there's a real likelihood they've got they're staring another two, if not three losses, a minimum right in the face. Like they're looking them dead in the face. And if that happens after what they did, the all-time great class, that class ain't sticking around. And and I think their uh, their miseries is probably going to be some glory for OU because I think there's a lot of kids who had nil not started last season would probably be wearing crimson and cream anyway. So uh, good for us, bad for them. Jimbo is a guy who I think his protege is a gentleman by the name of Lincoln Riley, who in a lot of ways took over a gifted culture, some high standards, a lot of pieces, foundational pieces in place when Bob walks away. We had a sieve of a defense, but a lot of the other foundational pieces were in place. And, and here's, the th- here's the thing, we can't throw it all on Link. 
I think Link was part of those foundation, one of those foundational pieces. I think as a number two, Link is phenomenal. I really do. He was a great number two with Bob leading the way. I think Bob knew how to delegate in a way where he empowered Link. But Link has shown in five or six years in being in Oklahoma, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, uh, you you know, SC, second half of their schedule, they still got to deal with Utah. Uh, they, oh, no, no, they just, they, that was their loss. Huh? They lost to Utah, that is that right? Loss. That so was they got to deal with got, UCLA. They got UCLA. Be interesting. They I got mean, Notre not, Dame. Yeah. Not, not UCLA and that Notre Dame game. I don't know if they got Oregon on the, on the schedule. They're, they're both in the coastal, so they should have Oregon too. It'll be interesting to see. Actually, North, they do North and South, don't they? So I think Oregon's in the North and, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I don't think they have Oregon this year, outside of if they make it to the conference championship. So Lincoln, he's got some things to prove. That loss, you know, was a game they should have and could have won. And and here's what Link has that Jimbo had when he got his ship in FSU. You know what he has? He has an all-time transcendent player. I think. Uh, Caleb is showing he's probably the best Q in the country. And you know, the kid in Ohio State's also awesome, but the kid in Ohio State hasn't had adversity. Caleb has essentially had adversity every game. Not every game, but many games yeah. this season. And even the game they lost, Caleb played a hell of a game. So we'll see how Link does. I, I'm not wishing him anything but getting his ass kicked. By the way, Caleb, he's a cool kid, but I want him to get his ass kicked too. No, yeah, I'm petty. I'm honest. I'm human. Um, but I think Lincoln has a same, a lot of those same attributes that, uh, Jimbo also possess. Yeah, guys, all I can say is go back and listen to that NIL podcast. I'm telling you, it, it was borderline prophetic. Everything we said in there and, and telling the fans to calm down a little bit about some of this and why you don't want to build your team around essentially donor dollars. Why you don't want to do that is exactly what you're seeing going on. In college stations, it's just a it's a bad move because you're you're creating you're you're putting value in something that hasn't been a long uh, around a, a long enough time to know what the value is yet. So I think Venables is probably going about this the the right way. You know, you hear uh, Deion Sanders talk about it at Jackson State, and he's had players get some really good deals, but he has pretty strong opinions on it should be about the name, the image, and the likeness, not about big groups, you know, with tons of money, just being able to pull all of this together and and buy recruiting classes. Is it, it is about like I know people dog, you know, general booty with his stuff, but the guy's got an interesting name. He's a quarterback at Oklahoma. He's taking advantage of the name image likeness piece of the rule. And I think all the more power to him where it gets tricky is being able to fork over multi-million dollars to athletes who haven't proven themselves. We know the rate at which freshmen get to campus and succeed at a high level, right? There's it's few and far between guys who become superstars and you're essentially trying to pay superstar money to all of these classes. It just won't work for the long term. And programs that already have that stability, your Alabamas, your Georgias, even Venables and what he was able to see done at Clemson and probably knew they were on their way to doing as this you know became a thing and he was there for a year of it. 
I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see the money dry up. But uh, DMAC, want to talk a little bit, and this is probably where we'll, uh, we'll, we'll finish the conversation today. I want to get just your outlook on college football here in the next couple weeks. The college football playoff committee will be getting together very soon. Those ratings for the year are going to be announced on November 1st. As always, ESPN owns the heck out of it. So what are some things you're looking forward to nationally on the back half of this season? Yeah, you know, I, I think number one, um, you hear me clearing my throat, is is Tennessee going to crash the party of the SEC, right? I think everybody has been long since thinking the UGA and the, the Bama um, kind of a two-headed monster has been the cream of the crop. And with, with Tennessee already taking down Bama and having UGA on the schedule, a uh, huge opportunity for hype huge opportunity for the fighting hypes to really establish themselves as being a blue blood that's back tennessee is i would say a top 10 all-time program with the history of that program the 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 alumni the you know the tradition some of the players that have come out of that school some all-time greats have obviously played there um so it'll be interesting to see how jay hype and those guys uh, address that that that's something i'm really looking at in the sec i think the rest of the conference is 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 competitive and i think there's a good distribution of talent amongst the lsus the kentuckys the old misses right those guys have good enough players but they're just not at the echelon of the bama and uh, uga programs um is tennessee leaving that hemisphere and heading into the top dog hemisphere that's number one number two just the big 10 um i i think it's really good for college football i know i'm a fan of when ohio state and michigan are a cut above everyone else I'm a fan of that. And so it'll be interesting to see the Penn State versus Ohio State game. Obviously, we saw how Michigan handled Penn State. And again, Penn State's kind of, you know, they're not they're not on the level of their ceiling, uh, Penn State ceiling versus a Michigan or Ohio State ceiling when they're at their best, you know, Michigan late 90s, right? Ohio State early 2000s, and even Ohio State of late. I don't think this Ohio State rendition of Ohio State with uh they as the coach is as good as some of the all time, you know, teams that for, were from uh, Trestle and or even Urban. I just don't think Day's gotten to that point. To me, they're a little more smoke and mirrors and, and wanting to beat you kind of a Mike Leach style versus those teams could punish you on both sides of the ball. You know, that defensively and offensively, they had a, a, a smash mouth mentality that I think is starting to rear its ugly head again in college football. George is better than everybody right now because they just play smash mouth on both sides of the ball assignment football and um seeing michigan and ohio state get back to that space is really healthy for the sport i like it and i like that michigan obviously is uh emulating their head coach and Harbaugh, and as the Niner fan watching him when he was our coach, we were just one of the most physical teams in the NFL. And you're seeing Michigan get back to that point. Run the ball, pull the guard, right? Uh, you know, downfield, hit you in the mouth. That that's that's attractive. And it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a clash of styles to see that Michigan. I don't think there's anyone on the schedule that can compete with either of those teams before they play each other. So seeing the Michigan versus Ohio State deal is going to be fun and it's healthy for college football over on the left coast here with me um guys i posted a picture on my ig yesterday i was it was a sunday barry i know this is kind of 
off the cuff, but it's a Sunday and it's the middle of October and some of my buddies are in Chicago and all these other places, or they've had, you know, natural disasters. It's 71 degrees, a cool breeze. I'm on a ferry going from San Francisco or yeah, I'm going back from San Francisco back to Oakland. It's a 15 minute ferry ride. It's perfect weather. When I say perfect, like you couldn't, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't beat. I had to take a picture. Like I had to take a picture. Like this is why I live in Cali, but um, it's fun to see some 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 bark and bite uh, in, in the Pac-10, man. I'm interested to see. Obviously, I'm everybody versus SC right now. So I want to see. It's good to see Utah smack. And I think everybody assumed that style of football hit Lincoln Riley in the mouth and he's a bitch, right? He'll bitch up on you. So let's see if if Ella, if, if, if Ukla can do the same. By the way, they got, they got beat up a little bit last week. I was a little bit upset to see how they fared uh against Oregon uh but I think that rivalry game Chip Kelly has a chip on his shoulder Chip wants people to see he's the offensive mind versus Link and Link has an opportunistic defense he doesn't have what Oregon has over there with their new coach coming from UGA it'll be interesting to see that matchup as you know the Pac-10 starts to wind down um but them having some legitimate players I think you know they had like three or four in the top 15 last week with uh, USC, UCLA, and Oregon, UCLA and Oregon both being in the top 10. Um, and then last but not least, the Big 12, um, I, I don't think there's any question it's the best conference in football. I think Oklahoma is good enough to beat anybody in the SEC, not named Bama and UGA on any given Saturday. Tennessee is, I think Hype would have a chip on his shoulder. I, you know, I'm not going to say we would bonafide lose that game, but it would be fun to see how hype would address his alma mater uh, in that position. But outside of those two guys, there isn't anybody who would just boat race us. I don't believe. Um, and we're a middle of the road, you know, we're what number seven in the conference, six or seven right now. So you yeah. look at the big 12 and what it has to offer. Um, it's the best conference top to bottom. Um, it's much more physical than it has been in years past. Long gone are the days when everybody was an offensive, you know, um, you know, grass of a of, of basketball on grass kind of a deal. You've got some bona fide defensive uh, and tacticians leading programs. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us. Right. Obviously not speaking about, um, you know, OU specifically in this particular part, but contextually speaking, you know, there are a lot of things going on in the Big 12 that I think are going to prepare us and propel us in the transition to the SEC in three years. Obviously, I think it's been confirmed. Um, I don't know if it's 100%, 100%, but it's pretty much confirmed now that uh, it'll be 2025. And I don't think BV has an issue with that. I think BV is okay with having a couple of recruiting classes under his belt. I think he wants to get through the second half of this season without a lot of uh, disarray. Because he knows he's got the horses coming. He's definitely got the horses coming. So looking at that, the SEC, I, I, who was my dark horse? I mean, you, you keep talking about the stake. I'm going to keep talking about my dark horse. Who's my dark horse? <laughs> there you go. Tennessee, baby. Come Tennessee, on, man. man. And, and it was kind of tongue in cheek, but they had a lot of returning pieces coming back that mattered. You know, and I had a conversation mm. with Hype. I, I didn't disclose to everybody. You know, Hype and I had a conversation. Ooh. He was, he was, ah. he was, he was. He was optimistically, or he was optimistic about the potential of the team. Big Ten, I think the cream is, is certainly at the top. If you made me pick today, I I don't believe Ohio State 
will do it adversely if Michigan gets a lead on them and can run the if Michigan can run the football, I think Michigan could beat Ohio State. So that Agreed. that's where that game, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that game's gonna lie. Pac 10, it's everybody against SC. I don't give a damn who it is. I just want to, I don't even want them in the conference championship game. That's why I need UCLA to beat them because I need to start proving that Link doesn't deserve the credit he got in at, at Oklahoma. And I think we also need people to see that he's a farce. Continue to keep the trend of some of his top recruits decommitting, which was something we experienced. You know, it's interesting. We need to say this, Barry, before we leave. I think there's something to be said, and I don't want to jinx anything, but it's interesting how in years past, we've had all these high recruits at some point in the recruiting process decommit. And in this year, probably our dark darkest moment in the last five years is the loss to Texas. And there's all these rumors around this or that or this or that. And it hasn't happened yet. You know why? That's culture. That's culture, right? When it's just glitz and glam and glitter and gold, and that gold starts to tarnish and it starts to look like bronze, the glitter and glam ain't there no more. There's not substance behind it. People decommit. Look at Lincoln Riley versus, oh, you dealing with true adversity, injuries. I mean, an all-time ass kicking. It is what it is. We lost to our rival when we got our asses kicked. Yet, as of today, some of the rumors that were going around are starting to quench a little. And so I think that also is culture. So when I look at our leader and what he represents has a little more stability. It's a little more meat and potatoes versus, you know, having shrimp skewers. They look good, but you're not going to get full off of them. You know what I'm saying? We've got some nice filet. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a porterhouse, you know, we've got a, a bone in ribeye. You know what I'm saying? With fresh cut uh, carrots, by the way, that's what I want when I win. I was saying that to you because <laughs> when, I, when I win, I think I want a bone and ribeye, medium rare, with some carrots and asparagus. Just, just so you know, man. A little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, what's that? What's the white stuff called that I like? What's that little cream? The horseradish. Horseradish. Horse give me a little. Give me a that little is good. Radish. Give me a little horseradish, but I'll be all right. Get some scots on the rocks. Give me some scots Ooh, on the rocks, and I'll be happy. Happy. I like that, man. A team that. I want to make sure we don't uh, don't forget they've got three home games, one away game left on the schedule, and a conference championship. They have Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. The old Clemson Tigers, currently sitting undefeated, fifth in the country, DMAC. They're going to likely get to that conference championship game. Agreed. I don't know if they're getting a loss and they're going to be in the mix. Here, here's my take with them in the conference championship game. They probably either play North Carolina or Georgia tech. They're going to beat either one of those teams. I believe North Carolina is, will give them a run, but is that how bad the other half of the conference is? Did you just say Georgia tech? Holy Georgia tech is currently second. Them and Duke are, are, are currently sitting essentially tied for second. That's unbelievable. Clemson has the defensive front. They've got the horses on defense to get to a playoff along with playoff experience. Guys on that team who have won a national championship, like they're there at the tail end, but guys who have won. And probably not the quarterback play, but they've had it. DJ has been much better this year, but he just got replaced this past game by Klubnik. Saw Klubnik came in there and, and performed. Clemson is going to be a team that won't go away, man. I bet you they end up with one of those playoff spots 
Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question, bro? I got to ask you a question, bro. You're bringing up a team. Do you really think they're going to win in the playoffs? I don't. (laughs) Like when they... (laughs) (laughs) Because, right, quarterback is so important. They're playing against Michigan or Ohio State. Who both, by the way, Michigan's backup, the, the the little more athletic guy, he needs to be the starter. I don't know what, you know, Harbaugh's a loyal guy, and I understand that to a degree, but their backup is a better player than the number one guy. Ohio State, transcendent player. Bama, transcendent player. Georgia, just the kid won the natty. He's not transcendent, but he's a system guy, you know, and uh, I mean, so let's say SEC may get to Georgia, Bama. Then you got Michigan, Ohio State, and then you've got Clemson. Am I missing anybody? I know we talked about it last week. Am I missing? Is is there another conference? I mean, the TCU? only other one is TCU. If TCU, TCU goes unbeaten, yeah, I think this is the first year where the all of the uh, the networks are really kind of you know the, in in lockstep with the Big Twelve being a very good football conference. Yep, and that we bodes that very week. well. Yeah, so, I mean that's. You got OSU and TCU right now in the top 10. You got a conference with 10 teams. I mean, that's. Yep. So back to your Clemson, I'm not hating, but I just see, (laughs) I just see their quarterback and I'm like, are they worth mentioning? And you just confirmed, dude, in the other half of the conference, it's Georgia Tech or North Carolina. Did you see how North Carolina beat Duke last week? Did you watch the game? I watched the game. It was, it was rough. rough. They should have lost. Yeah. They should have lost. They totally six should've... and one. They're six That's and unbelievable. one. Man. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. So Clemson getting to the playoffs. Yes. Doing anything in the playoffs with DJU. He's almost as bad as our DU. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's a, that's a calamity of, of, of concern. Um, and the backup didn't play much better. He think he threw, threw two picks. The kid comes in to kind of, uh, Simmer things down, and he he proceeds to throw three two picks. And what did what did uh, what did Dabo say right after the game? Our quarterback is is DJU. So I struggle to see them addressing the dynamic offenses of Georgia, Bama, and or Ohio State, Michigan winner. Would TCU beat them tomorrow? Ooh, TCU uh, versus Clemson. Versus Clemson. Here's the, here's here's the, you ready? This is the this is the fight. Can TCU's O line hold up versus that ridiculously talented D line? If TCU's O line can hold up, TCU can win that game. And I don't I don't know that it's a definitive. They're just gonna get their ass beat. There's no proof this year that TCU's O line has just been getting you know like they've been getting lucky and winning out in space. TCU's running the ball downhill too. So if you made me pick, ooh, that's such a juicy question. Mm, I like it. If you make me pick, Barry, and obviously I'm biased to the Big 12, but if DJU is the quarterback and some of the just errors he makes, I think TCU has the veterans. They've got the explosive players, and I think they've got that edge on defense where they're not a great defense, but they provide that that sinister kind of a feeling, you know what I'm saying? I think TCU can win that game, bro. I agree. What do you think? What do you think? I'm actually interested to know how you feel about that. I think there would probably be 45 points scored by both teams in the game. I I think it would be very similar to the, I think TCU's defense, they have guys in their secondary that, you know, are not Wake Forest guys. You know, what Wake Forest gave, 
Clemson a, a pretty good run. I mean, that was that game was close. It obviously went into overtime. So, I mean, I still think a lot of points are scored. It's been amazing watching Clemson win some of these shootout games. You know, they've had close games in the past, but let me also say, like, the year that they had the close games with Watson, there's always a difference when a game is, like, 28 to 20 versus, like, 52 to 49. Like, it just... Right where it wasn't really a mistake-riddled game on defense. Both teams generally played quality football. Like, we wouldn't go back in the Big 12 championship game in 2000 and say either team necessarily played bad football in a 27-24 OU win. Like, Kansas State played good football in that game, but both teams scored points. Right. So to me, those games feel different than some of these shootout games that you get. Maybe save Alabama, Tennessee. But even in that, there were there were still a lot of mistakes made defensively by both teams where where points ended up getting scored. But I don't know. You're just in a day and age where where space is the primary focus of the offense. And, and how can you most optimally create it? And then can you also have a little bit of nasty to your team? And if you can do that, you're going to produce big plays and you're going to score points, particularly if you have a game changer at quarterback. Yep. Yep. I agree too much. I agree too much to that, brother. Man, I think I think it's about time we call it a day. This was good. DMAC had a good time, man. Had a good time. This was fun. It was fun. I like the little college football roundup. Didn't have any action going on with OU. So some interesting national discussion. Maybe a little bit of what will come in the offseason. You know, everybody, don't don't freak out. We're going to also be bringing content there, too. Maybe expanding the brand at some point a little bit, right, with Sooners 360. We do have some things in the works. Um, obviously, with Blue Wire Pods, we're going to be, you know, maybe appearing on some other podcasts, maybe bringing some other people in on occasion. But the flagship Barry and Mac show is still going to be what we bring to you guys. And we did have a question on Twitter saying, "Holy cow, you guys are involved with Sooners 360. Am I going to have to pay to listen to the podcast?" And the answer to that is no. We are still going to bring you the product on there. Are we going to probably offer some stuff? Not probably. We will be bringing some stuff exclusively to Sooners 360. But, you know, as we said in the beginning, it's a passion project. We solely believed in bringing the people what they wanted, giving them just some awesome football conversation letting Damien really dive into the X's and O's and giving you guys a a podcast discussion about Sooner football and athletics that is not unlike anything you've had before. So that is still our mission. That is still our ultimate goal. DMAC, what do you have to say to all that? Man, I just enjoy doing this. I'm super thankful, super grateful. I know it sounds like a repetitive thing, but you guys have no idea how fun it is to just do this because you love to do it. Uh, obviously, um, you know, the community uh, has has um, let us know that you guys enjoy it. Uh, B, I wanted to ask you, man, we've been invited for OUOSU to do a live remote at Nompton Bar in Norman. And so uh, 
how 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 dope would it be if we did something live there and invited the community out and had some opportunities for signage, have some of the other ball players there. So so for the um the you know the Barry and Mac community, I'm just interested to know, guys, if this is something you guys would buy into. Um, I don't think he'd charge, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the fees or whatever. I don't, I think the bar is free. I've been on game days before and it's free and I can personally say, Hey man, I just want you to allow the community to come. I'd love to get a chance to meet you guys, take some pictures, probably have some of my teammates there. The last time I was there, we had Corey Ivy who won a Super Bowl. He played in the, the darkest years. And OU. he, he was a DP. I think he and DP played the same time. Mike Woods was there. Um, obviously been there with Mark Clayton in the past. Mark Clayton and I are business partners and other things. So we, we do business in other areas. Um, I think we could get an Antonio Perkins out of Roy Lee out. Imagine Ooh. if we had a little area, you know what I'm saying? And we got some of the guys, the homies and, and we broke bread for OU OSU. Here's the deal though, guys, I'm not going to do it unless the Barry and Matt community says, this is what you guys want. So I'll, I'll be I'll be interested to see what Barry says. The Twitter responses to that, I'd be and Barry, maybe you do a cut up of this one part and put it out there yeah. and let those guys let them know. But I'm interested to know, man, if you guys want us to do a live remote pregame, uh, we could either do a Friday night or Saturday, the day of the game. Uh, we've already got permission to do it. I just want to meet some of you guys, shake hands, and 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 really thank you for supporting this deal because it's it's come a long way and we've got a we've got a we've got a long journey ahead of us. Uh, but B, I don't know what your schedule looks like. I can work on tickets to make sure we get you in the game. You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll, I'll figure that piece out. But uh, let's do it. Yeah. Well, if if the people want that, we'll make that happen. Yeah, I, I can I think, always I be, be free on the weekend. I can always be free then. Like a YouTube live, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Ooh. Do something a little different where it's a live yeah. deal, and we and we 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 have our pregame, um, you know, you know, debates and and score projections and what's happening in the Big Twelve. I mean, that would be pretty sick. Of course, a couple libations. I only drink scotch, so you know they got to have scotch for me as long as they got that. I'm good to go. Uh, you know. Anyway, yeah, something to think about. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it could be I a like good thing. I'd have to I bring, think that I'd would have be to bring cool. a jacket. Yeah, <laughs> it will probably be cold by then. Yeah, I need a jacket. It'll, I'm I'm not accustomed to Norman in in November anymore. Yeah, today <laughs> in Tulsa, it was already starting to get a little bit chilly, so it's it's getting close, man. It had a a stretch of beautiful days, but I I think that's quickly running out. Hey guys, real quick, this is totally random, and I just want to give a shout out. I have a client who's actually been working on a movie, and I want to be able to tell you guys the name. They are shooting um, and have almost wrapped up shooting, but they need a little bit more support, like our like ourselves, a passion project. And I want to make sure I get the name here right and all the information. Uh, the movie. And you can go to Indiegogo.com to support it. It's called Die Lordship. One of my awesome clients, been a client for going on about a year right now. Absolutely awesome guy. Strong as a freaking bull, by the way. Um, I love getting clients strong. That, that is, everybody always wants DMAC, the, 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 the cut up, the shreds, right? That is always everybody's goal. And People learn real quickly that so much of that is nutrition and really dialing in that piece to maintain a lean physique like that, to, to be shredded. 
but they don't figure out that that being strong both in life as well as athletic endeavors is so freaking incredibly valuable. If you are weak and objectively know you are weak and, and you can't move certain amounts of weight, once you can, the world changes for you. A lot of hard things become difficult. Performance-based stuff becomes much easier. So just wanted to give a shout out to that, guys. Make sure um, if you have time, if you have the resources, please go help this guy out. Uh, Thy Lordship, full-length film. Um, I think you get something with it too, but don't quote me on that. But also, go leave us a rating and review. Go follow the social media. Twitter, it's at Barry and Mac SHW. Instagram is at the Barry and Mac Show. Damien's is at Dame That Dude. Mine is at BYS Fitness, at the letter B W I S E Fitness. Did that on Twitter and on Instagram. And D Mac's Twitter is at D underscore Mac 13. You will definitely find him. We had a Torrance Marshall tweet blow up today. The people. They loved it, he killed D-Mac. It, he killed they it, bro. Killed he it. killed the interview. He killed the interview. And he quotes that old ass man, got the Heisman. <laughs> man, it I knew, I knew when I put out the AM one, it was gonna do well. I had a feeling, man, when I hit send on this one, you know, early this morning, I had a strong hunch it was gonna carry some punch. So it was good to see. Good to see. Well, Sooner Nation, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys soon. Thank you all so much for listening to The Barry and Mac Show. Please go leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go to Sooners360.com, sign up today. It is a chance that you don't want to miss to get in early recruiting breakdowns, player analysis, and everything in between, looking at the OU program from every possible vantage point. That's why it's Sooners 360. Go sign up today and make sure to go follow us on social media, Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW, Instagram at The Barry and Mac Show. We will see you soon.